0: We we actually literally just hung up from Zach. Oh shoot!
1: Was yeah. he nice? are so we going to
0: do. He was great. He was. Was.
1: was. Look, there's there's,
0: there's, <laughs> there's there's lots of um there's lots of backslapping and and props go out to to all you guys for for this and um and and he threw a lot back in Eric's way for the guitar but the guitar work is great on this record so we we dug into that um, which was really great to talk to him about it.
2: Yeah, man, they, they were, he was, there was a moment in time, I would say like Eric specifically too, he carved out like five weeks, particularly for Zach where he only wanted Zach kind of there um, with him. I think that Doug McKean, who was one of the engineers who we worked with Doug McKean on every record from Sound of Madness to Amaryllis uh, cause Doug McKean back in the day was like essentially Rob Cavallo's engineer. So we met him through that and Doug did a bunch of engineering on attention Attention, also. So when we brought him back in, mainly bring Doug in to do the, the drums a lot of times. Um, but yeah, Eric was very specific with Zach on this one. Once again, that whole thing of like, we're not doing it. Like we have done it before, where it's kind of cutting and pasting things. Not that the other records, we did that throughout everything, but this was more like, you gotta play it start to finish. If you mess up in the middle, you gotta start over again. You know, you're like, yeah. I need it to, I, I, it's like, we gotta make sure that it feels like a band.
0: Was that vocally as well?
2: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little bit more time with Eric. The other thing too, that was interesting, navigating everything was the fact that me and Zach were promoting the Smith and Myers double album at this time also, and we had been touring, we had had a single on the radio, like things were going on there too. So we were trying to carve out this time while we were working on the album, but you know, making sure that the Smith and Myers project was, we put a lot into it, we wanted, to, we wanted it to get it due. Uh, but make no mistake, please make no mistake. Shine Down is always the priority like that's that's not even a question um so i had more time with eric in the beginning before like barry and zach got in the room um and me and zach and eric went out for three weeks to los angeles to work with the fifth member of Shine Down in the studio which is a gentleman by the name of dave bassett who's been a writing partner with the band since the sound of madness album um, and we spent three weeks out there Uh, For the very first time, all four of us, um, meaning myself and Eric and Zach and Dave, we were writing collectively together. Um, But when I got to Eric, did a lot of demoing. Um, We don't even really use that word very much anymore because a lot of times when I'm going in, once we write it, we have an idea for the vocal and what we're going to do. I don't walk in and do like a scratch track. I go in there to do it for real. And a lot of times if I think I can beat what I did previously, because maybe I've sat with the song for a little bit longer as we've been writing other songs, and I look at it and I listen to it and I go, I know what I need to do on this uh, that will make it um, 100%. I'll go back in and try to beat what I already have, or if I want to change things or what have you. But yeah, once we were got the entire band in there, I went back in and kind of saw if I could sing it all the way through. Um, and probably 60% of it I went back in there And did it all the way through So that we had that um, We had that feel On a lot of the songs Flatline For the night time I'm on a first name basis With the afterlife And there's no
3: ceiling When you're the demon I dug myself out of the dirt For a reason And I'm never running So try it again a day in my life.
1: My favorite tracks is uh "Dead Don't Die," and there's a there's a part in it where there's a voice. I don't know if that's you. uh When was the last time uh, you were afraid? The last time, time, time you were afraid, right? A day in my life, and I, I it sounded like it's from a movie, and I Google it, but I couldn't find it. And now I know if is it you talking or it's me? It is right. Yeah, cool. Here's the thing like about that
2: good. too.
1: That song was brought in by Zach.
2: Um, And man, that was he had a demo of it and the stories are different. Everybody has a story as into how "Dead don't die came about. Zach sent me that way early, like in the writing process. And I had it in my back pocket because I was like, there were some things that I wanted to tweak on it. There were some things that I knew Eric would want to tweak on it. But just as it was presented to me, I was like, this is a really cool song. Um, it's straightforward, it's to the point, it's got a cool hook, Um, it's, you know, he wrote it thinking of me lyrically, it was actually inspired by me, which I found out later on, which was very endearing that he would do that, Um, and then when I showed it to Eric, Eric looked at me and was like, you had
3: this for how
2: long? And like, it was like, and I was like, I just was making sure, you know, that what we had um, and we needed a song like that, don't die. We didn't have something like it. Um, and we needed also because of what the album represents. I needed to make sure that that it would fit the other material and it fit like spot on. Um, but the way the original demo was, it didn't have those ad libs in it, like of me talking Um Because there's another one where I'm like, it's pretty boring, you know, this existence might as well not take fear off the table. And but the first one was like, I just walked in there and and Eric was like, just say some stuff. And the very first thing I said in that one breakdown was was last time you were afraid. I haven't been afraid a day in my life. And uh, and it stuck. It's really cool. Love
0: it. That's really great. Um, just just to jump back a little bit to um, you're out on the road with Smith & Myers, how yeah. how important was that for you to basically get your chops, you know, to get your voice, you know, your voice, your, your strength in your voice up before you hit the studio?
2: The Smith & Myers project is completely different than Shinedown.
0: Mm. I'm just vocally. thinking more just on the road just to, to, to get, because oh, you've
2: you, be totally been sitting
0: for you, two years off the road, you know.
2: Well, that's an interesting thing. I didn't sit for two years because we, at the beginning of January of 2020, we were writing uh, the double album for Smith & Myers. So I was in the studio constantly working on stuff, constantly singing. And then we had a lot of it done before the pandemic hit and everybody was told to go inside. But as soon as Dave Bassett, he left because Dave Bassett, Uh, produced the double album for Smith & Myers. He also did the first one, too. And he's a songwriter as as well with us on that project. So he was in Hawaii for 16 weeks. He came back after those 16 weeks. We still had like five, six songs left to do uh, from the 20 that were there. And so I cut all the vocals for that when he got back. um, That's also when Not Mad Enough was written uh, because of what happened with George Floyd because Not Mad Enough is about George Floyd. That's one. that's one of the only songs in, in our repertoire uh, that I wish didn't actually exist. Um, I uh, that, that's a very um, that as an intense moment in time. And uh, but anyhow, to get back to. I left California June of 2020 and I got immediately to Eric's and I was singing every day. And I was in a studio every day. We were working things out. We were doing like, I never really stopped. Now, granted, I understand what you're saying from the road aspect, but me and Zach during 2020, we did 22 drive-in shows at Smith and Myers. So we were actually performing during that time. And we were part of only 5% of the touring industry at the back of 2020 that actually went out in a bus. We did 10 shows in a bus in December of 2020, um, With Smith and Myers. And then at the beginning of 2021, we had a Smith and Myers tour in January through February. And then once we were done there, we could concentrate on everything with um, with Smith and Myers. Um, And then also last year, Shinedown went out. We did eight shows, had a two week break. They did five weeks on the road with Shinedown um, just to kind of get back to. And every show we played was over 10,000 people. So these were all big shows. Yeah. Um, and then at the back half of last year, me and Zach did one last for the, you know, for the duration, kind of the cycle of the, the mm-hmm. double album for Smith & Myers. Last year, we did one last run in December. Um, and now uh, everything is built around Shinedown. We just did three weeks in the West Coast. We're getting ready to do... Uh, I didn't really get... To answer your question, I never really stopped. Okay, which is <laughs> I great. didn't really yeah. stop. Down here! In-
1: I saw an interesting clip uh, actually from um, uh, from when you played Arizona just like a month ago, and you had to stop the show because there was some fighting going on. And you yeah. brought a girl up on stage, and um, it was kind of funny because the girl had actually actually responded to the YouTube clip, uh, thanking you guys for taking care of her and stuff like that. It's yeah, the whole there's a different interaction with fans these days compared to like 20, 30 years ago. It's just weird. Yeah,
2: what was interesting was the back half of that run that we just did, when we got to the last couple of shows, um, yeah, for whatever reason, there were some brawls that, that kind of broke out. And uh, I'm very like that. I'm very quick when I see that. I'm like, stop, stop. House lights, hang on a second. You know, I'll, I often will tell the audience, I'm like, you don't come, you know, we dance at a Shinedown show, we don't throw punches. Hey. Like, uh, you know, if if you want to get aggressive and and get physical with each other, that's totally cool. If it's in a dance, you know what I mean? But we don't Mm. throw, we don't throw elbows. We don't throw punches. And you just have to, uh, you have to quickly get those situations under control. And sometimes there's a lack of understanding a little bit from a younger generation with it, depending on not, doesn't matter what style of music it is. A fight can break out in a concert at any time. Um, you have to stop it quickly um, and you have to put all the emphasis on the moment there. So, cause sometimes security is not seeing it and they've got to get up. They've got to look, you got to make sure that you're not throwing the wrong person out. And here's the other thing too. I try to de-escalate it as quickly as possible too, to see if whatever happened, can we be cool now and move on and maybe somebody doesn't have to leave the, the venue. But if I witness you, if I witness you throw a punch, um 9 times out of 10 you're you're
0: out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um let's let's dig a few of these uh, into a few of these songs cuz it's a smorgasbord of fucking flavors in this record, man. It's 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 wonderful. Um cool. So we've uh, we've talked a lot um about No Sleep and and even well let's go Planet Zero. We we talked a lot to Zach about it, but um yeah. that that is a great song and we talked about the riff Eric writing the riff and and yeah. how a, a killer riff that he La- labored,
2: song. labored over that riff.
0: Yeah. yeah, there were a
2: lot of different versions of it, and he he labored over that riff.
0: Yeah, that that's a, that's just a great song right there. That's yet again another great Shine Down single right there, um, which which will be great live.
2: Yeah, it's awesome live. Actually, we played it. Well, we did the West Coast, and we played it every night and it's got a huge pyro moment in it and everything like people were like holy oh, when they you know when when we did it um it, yeah it, it it reacted probably and, and i don't necessarily know if it's because it's just the newest song but like when that it, it there's no wasting time with planet zero it is immediate you know what i mean and like as soon as the downbeat would happen I, you can hear the audience, like they knew what it was already. And uh, that's always like an awesome feeling. Like when you put something together and it's brand new, but people kind of, it's almost like they've known it for a while. That's a, you kind of know that you you're onto something when, if that can happen.
0: Yep. Yep. How how do you find going for, for a song like that to say a song like um, American burning or, uh, you know, sympathy of being human or something like that. That's They're two very different, you know, different styles of you as a band and as a singer. Uh,
2: one of the aspects, like with a song like A Symptom of Being Human, that song specifically, there's another song on the record uh, called Daylight that kind of touches yep. on the same subject matter. Um, you know, those, t- those songs in particular, um, so well, just Symptom, for instance, I've been speaking about mental health for the better part of 20 years. Um, and you know, while everything was going on in this pandemic, I'm also, myself and Zach were ambassadors for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in the United States. And so we get all of these stats every year. We're privy to the information um, you know, year by year and, and what the suicide rates are and how it affects people and what the age groups are and the gender and all of that. And, you know, the specific thing about A Symptom of Being Human was me and Eric uh, not only wrote that song, um, but really uh, wrote that song lyrically together also. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were trying to convey a message of. I think sometimes and I've said this before, people will feel embarrassed to ask for help in regards to something that is considered mental health. Because a lot of times you'll find that people that deal with clinical depression or they deal with a chemical imbalance, it's not their fault. Yet people think they're just trying to make up excuses or they're trying to get pity um, or they're being lazy. And it becomes this thing of, well, suck it up, you know, get over it. Some people it's not like that. And, and the thing is, is they, they're trying to get help but they don't want to they don't want to feel like someone is thinking that they're trying to get one over on them or they're trying they are trying to like come up out of this but they're having a problem because there may be something yes psychological going on but there also might be something clinical going on right. um, where there's a doctor that's required um, to kind of figure out there may be a chemical imbalance um and so in that song specifically, you know, it says, you know, sometimes I'm in a room where I don't belong and the house is on fire and there's no alarm and the walls are melting too. How about you? And what does that mean? Like sometimes I'm in a room where I don't belong and the house is on fire and there's no alarm. That's your mind. The house Mm -hmm. is your mind, you know? And like, this is a song that is saying to other people, you're not the only one. You're not the only one that feels like this, okay? And, you know, there's such a psychology to that song, and just the, the title alone came from Eric, um, you know? And I remember when he said that to me, you know, he, he, we were talking about being human and what it means to be human uh, from all aspects. And he said something to the effect of like, it's almost like, you know, uh, not systematic, it's almost like symptomatic. And I was like, huh. And he goes, like a symptom of being human. And I was like, that's badass. And I was like, let's 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 go from there.
3: I can still remember me and miss November rain. Beautiful and strange. Always so Never on time You've always been Slightly awkward Kinda weird Upside down And not all here What's wrong with me and you Is crystal clear Sometimes I'm in a room A being human. upward kind of weird upside down I'm a being human
2: started with a title and um and then we just started to roll with it but you know what else about symptom that's really cool it reminds me that song in particular of our crew on the road because we have a lot of people in our crew that have been with us for over a decade and you know i talk about in that song you know um where um I've never been the favorite thought I seen it all till I got my invitation to the lunatic ball. Uh, and my friends are coming too. you know, it's, uh, and I get a little emotional right now thinking about it, but that song also kind of reminds us it reminds me of us on the road, the band and the crew, cause we're kind of one in the same, but we're on the road together. You know, we're, some people would say we're modern day pirates, but mm. we're not trying to, you know, ahoy and then you know come on shore and pillage and burn stuff down and everything else like we're trying to come into these places with people and lift people up you know what i mean and and give them their confidence back and make them feel good i often say like if you walk into a shine down show our mission and our goal is to have you float out you know what i mean and then you have another side of you know that song that you asked about america's burning america's America's burning was point blank, everything that was going on in America uh, during the riots that had occurred with the social unrest and the unjust, you know, the social injustice that was what happened to George Floyd. And there's many more besides George Floyd. But the fact of the matter was, at that point in time, you witnessed a man being murdered on live television. It was broadcast to the world. A 17-year-old girl filmed it. And when that happened, it was point blank. What is what, what is the difference between right and wrong? And what happened to that man was wrong. And what had happened was with these protests that were pseudo-peaceful. But in the same breath of that, in these communities, I understood why people were mad, like frustrated, not to mention they've been stuck inside in the middle of a pandemic where they can't get the truth from their government. They can't get the truth from the healthcare people that are supposed to. If you don't know the answer, then just say you don't know the answer and that you're working on it. And and that's way better than just falsifying information or just point blank lying to us. And so you had all of this pressure and it was just building and building and building. And when that happened, it was just uh, it exploded. And the interesting thing, though, and the beautiful thing, even though I wish George Floyd was still alive and with his family, it wasn't just the United States. The whole world responded to what happened to him and was like, hell no. Like, no. You know, and that was also other countries showing their love for America and Americans and saying to to us here, like, yo, man, we're with you. Like, you know, we don't agree with that, that either. And it goes back to the whole point of this album, which is this record was made by the people for the people. And with America's Burning, there are some people I know that will listen to that and go, ah, we know what side you're on. And I'm like, and that's the problem right there. And that's yeah. what we're trying to expose, the polarization of things. It, we should, instead of it being this or this, it should be this, okay? And in order to do that, sometimes, you know, artists a lot of times and musicians, we become inadvertently sometimes historians, Because we were just witnessing what was going on. And we were like, I just told Eric and Eric told me, I'm like, I just can't write like everything's okay. I I can't write another, like, you know, cut the cord right now. I can't give you another um, second chance, you know, or whatever. You know, I just, I, we were just like, we can't like, and we're not known for doing that either. We never write the same record over and over again. We try to never write the same song twice. I know I've said that a lot, but it's true. And so we were, talking and giving in our personal way how we felt about the situation, but also we wanted people to hear what was going on. We had a way of explaining it. We had a way of describing it where we were looking at all sides because it shouldn't be about sides. In the US, man, it's the United States of America. It's not called the divided States of America. But there were a lot of people trying to have that happen. And yeah. it comes back to people. And the other thing too is, you know, if you're talking about riots and what was transpiring during that time, the people that were protesting peacefully and trying to make an awareness of things, we understood what they were doing. But then you had these people that were just out there to loot, to rob, to burn shit down, to like mess with people's businesses in their own communities. like. Yeah. And you were seeing and everyone talked about everything that was going on with Antifa and what was going on with the Proud Boys and all these people that were being bussed in. They're not even from these cities and they're being bussed in to do nothing but create havoc, chaos. And that was all proven, by the way. And the reality of that was, too. And then you had what happened in the insurrection. It's the same thing, you know, on January 6th. These dumbasses, you know, are, are trying to, you know, roll the Capitol. You can protest because you disagree. You're not supposed to attack anybody. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to like there were innocent men and women in that building afraid for their lives. You know what I mean? Like, that's not right either. You know, so it's uh, and I get passionate about it when I talk about it because it's intense, man. And history, you are doomed to repeat it. If you don't, if you ignore it and yes, we want to we want to get we want to move forward, but don't forget what happened.
1: Zero as being a concept album. When we talked to Sack, he kind of made the case that it is a concept album.
2: Way more of a concept record than Attention, Attention. Yeah. Attention, Attention, because this question gets asked. Like, not, you know, people were, you know, it's wild, man, because yesterday we got our 17th number one song in Billboard in the United States. And... I'm still over here, like trying to rationalize that and look at these things. And, you know, when I think about the the last album, that was more of a story more than anything. This album is where like Attention, Attention was a story about the human spirit if you will, and the willingness to go through hell in order to get to the other side and find yourself again. You know, I've often said that sometimes you have to fall into a hole to figure out how to get out of the hole. But this album is a warning. This album is a reflection and a question mark of you could potentially be going down a road uh, and be looking at a dystopian future. And the reality of that, too, is, you know, you have what's going on in the Ukraine right now and Russia. And some people are like that have heard this record already. They're going, did you have a crystal ball? (laughs) And I'm like, no. Um, But we see these things. It's interesting. The last couple of days, I've noticed that I'm seeing the stories of Hiroshima and how they just dropped a bomb on a man to just make it stop. You yep. know what I mean? And now you have people talking about chemical warfare. You've got people talking about World War three and nuclear oh. warfare. Like, and I'm like, hang on a minute, man. Everybody needs to really start paying attention as to what is going on right now, because it is not looking pretty, oh. but, but it comes back to civilians. It comes back to the citizens. And that's why I'm so strong about the way that I feel about not only this record, but about the human element and humanity. There are more of us than there are of them. And who are them? These representatives that should never be looked at as gods. These are representatives, but it should always be from the people's standing. Now, it's our job as citizens to keep each other in check, but that's where the uniting has to come from. But when you have certain representatives that have an agenda, when you have certain dictators in certain countries that have been there for 30, 40 years, get them out. Figure out a way to, you've been in long enough, man. Like you have to bring in a younger generation. You have to bring in other thought processes because the world is evolving. This is a super, super heavy subject you know, and there's a lot of subject matter inside of these subjects. But the reality is that people need to start getting educated. They need to start asking questions. They need to start not being afraid to stand up for who they are, to stand up for their family, stand up for their culture. Because in the real world, and we've talked about this before, I went out in the real world over the last two years and in the real world, people aren't trying to hurt one another. In the real world, people are trying to help each other. In the real world, people are colorblind. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, whether you're younger, whether you're older, the color of your skin. That's irrelevant. Your religion, who you are. That's what makes you an individual. That's what makes you necessary. But I watch.
3: I saw a news report a moment
2: ago and I have to fact check it. So please don't like 100 percent me on this. But it came from The Washington Post where there are troops that are Russian troops that are in line in tankers and other um, jeeps and things of that nature that are literally punching holes in their gas tanks so that they can lay down their weapons to Ukraine because they're like, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, actual Russian, you know, soldiers that are like this, we're not doing this. Like this is immoral. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's standing up. That's saying, this is, this is wrong. Okay. There's, there's no, there's no good ending to this. Okay, there's gotta be another way. And sometimes it's removing the individual that is trying <laughs> to control you. Because, and I know that's a, a heavy, that's a, that's a heavy burden in, these yeah. cu- in some of these countries. And that, that is, to some people, that is terrifying. But the reality is like, if you let it continue, what do you think is gonna happen? It's only going to get worse. Another
3: day in outer space. Do you feel out of place? Well, that's good. Yeah, you should. But anyway, things have changed. And it's clear to see you're up to no good. But honestly, the gravity is killing me. And integrity is being overlooked. I'm in a bind. Can we rewind? realities reality is unraveling. And yes, this is happening. So wait one me
0: The one positive aspect of this, like the George Floyd thing, is it brought global unity, like you put it, like that. It did. And and whether it was the um the you know, the problems with the planet, you know, with Greta, it brought you know unity around the world for the same thing. And and that's what the war is doing now, you know. It's um it's showing unity from the, whether it's America, On both sides. If, yep. Yeah, America. The citizens Sweden, of
2: Russia. If, the the mass majority of Moscow is like yep. the citizens are are literally saying, "Please forgive us. Like yep. we did not, we did not say this was okay. No, yep. you know what I mean. Like they're like, we're not, we're on your side.
0: Yeah, and, and and as a musician, you must see that you must you like you can't really tell the difference probably between someone from Ukraine when you're playing from Sweden, from Russia, from Australia, no. just, they're all just people all together in it, enjoying music and and so on and so forth.
2: We all have a sign, man. Every yeah. single one of us, we all got a sign. That's all it is right there. And it's more than just that, but that's, a, that's, that's a symbol of unity that right there. That's unity. Yep. And You know, because there's this there's this other dynamic of like fake unity and like what you'll see on hashtags and Instagram and hashtag blessed and all this stuff. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, you know, the proof there's a there's an old Southern saying the proof is in the pudding. Like you have to show that you have to be that, you know, just making a hashtag doesn't mean you're actually fulfilling that. And you make a good point too, about the environment. And I've said this before too, you know, t- people talk about the internet, you know, the internet being undefeated. It's not the case, man. Mother nature is undefeated because she can wipe us out just like yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yep, and
2: sure. she's done it before. You know yeah. what yep. I mean? Isn't it astonishing that at the beginning of the pandemic, when we went inside and originally it was, Hey, we need 15 days to flatten the curve. It turned into 15 months. But what did happen that I noticed and a lot of people noticed and biologists noticed and environmentalists noticed that, wait a minute, we've only been inside for two weeks and the, the ability that the earth has to repair itself in like lightning speed is remarkable. If we will just leave her alone for a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was all at that point in time, I was looking at like how the sky was bluer. Everything looked brighter and like just how, like there literally there were species that were in India that they thought were extinct yep. that were roaming around. And I have to, I had to fact check that stuff too, and that was all true. The only thing that wasn't true is they were talking about the canals in Europe where dolphins were in the canals. That was yeah, totally yeah. fake. Right. <laughs> um, but the the principle of that was, it was a bit like you you want to you, you want to unite the world, create something from a global standpoint where. Maybe not two weeks, even though, you know, far be it from us, there's 365 days that we take two weeks off a year to be with our families and hang out like in our cul-de-sacs or in our community. But I was like, if the whole world once a year for like seven days, everyone just decided and said, hey, for Mother Earth, once a year for one week, we all just stay in our communities and let her kind of clean herself up you know what I mean? Like imagine if we all did that as a as a world, not as a society even, but as a as a world. How amazing that would be.
1: of violence innuendo that's uh, i think that those are my two favorite tracks of the album
2: yeah so saints of violence innuendo uh, i can't give away too much but people might be hearing that uh before the record comes out um we might have a little you know once again we might have something in our back pocket before the the, the record comes out on april 22nd but saints of violence innuendo which is interesting where it falls in the record from where the song planet zero is because we thought about uh, as Planet Zero ends, the saints of violence and innuendo would come after that because it's kind of like a precursor to Planet Zero in a way. But we put it in a different section because it was necessary with the dichotomy of siren. But that song in particular was once again, the heavy songs on the record, we really concentrated on vocally. Putting the vocals like way up front, not using a lot of like effects on the vocal, not stacking the vocals as much. Um, he Eric kind of compressed my voice on this record in a different way because he really wanted every song it sounded like I was right there in front of you, um, and so he kind of it's in stereo, but he used um, he used an he used kind of an ideology with the 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 vocal what we call big mono which is where you kind of put me right down the center. And so it's really cool to have this aggressiveness like in Saints, where, you know, it has this ripping verse, and then it kind of goes into this groovy pre-chorus, but then it kind of drops you into this really kind of wild chorus, where there are all this different instrumentation going on and what have you, but it's what's being said. And once again, that song is all about tell the truth. Literally, that song is about tell the truth. Because I think the lyrics... I'm trying to, I got so many words in my head, but I, if I recall in symptom or, uh, in saints, it's, uh, tell me the truth or tell me a lie. Tell me what I got to say to get out of this room alive. You know what I mean? You know, show me the answers, um, or give me a clue. There's not enough miles, um, not enough miles between the space between me and you. And then it's like, Oh no, here we go. Here come the saints of violence and innuendo. So tell me the truth. Uh, are you really surprised you live in a world where empathy goes to die? You know, and that's once again kind of about this leadership of, you know, here they come, you know, this virtue, you know, type sig- not virtue signaling, but like everyone with their agenda. And it's so many voices talking. And that's where it turned into society and certain people during the pandemic and everything that was going on. It's like, just tell me what I got to do to get out of the room, like just so I can kind of go back outside And so it's kind of walking you through that. Dysfunctional you kind of falls in the same category as a symptom of being human. But dysfunctional you, where where a symptom of being human is kind of a reflection of it and kind of like reflecting on the way that you feel and wondering if you're, you know, letting that person know that you're not alone. Dysfunctional you is that song that's telling you, like, it's cool. Like, it's okay to not be normal. It's okay to be dysfunctional. So, you know, you know, and in that song specifically, you know, it tells the individual. uh, So basically show the world, you know, the wonderful, dysfunctional you, you know, and and there's a lot in that song, man. The very first line, uh, suicide, suicide, one, two, three, maybe these drugs are addicted to me. Yeah. Um, And. It's you are kind of talking to yourself and those kind of voices that might be in your head. But it's so interesting, too, because I'm the one in the room with Eric because me and Eric wrote that together as well. Um, But I said suicide, suicide, one, two, three. And he literally on beat went, maybe these drugs are addicted to me. And it's interesting because. Eric is very upfront about what he deals with in regards to clinical depression, and he's very open about it because he wants other people to know that they're not alone and he he will discuss it because you have to discuss it openly. But it's interesting that I would have said that line and then he would say the line about maybe these drugs are addicted to me because my past is kind of out there as well in regards to substance abuse and things like that. There was so much that went into, when I say that this was the most thought out record, And there was a lot of humility in this record. There was a lot of patience that myself, Eric, Barry, and Zach, we had with one another. We didn't rush this. We we, we didn't. Um, We really had to make sure what we were writing, even though some of it was difficult to write and and hard to talk about. And there were moments where we looked at each other and we were asking ourselves, is this too far? Um, And then I had to kind of come into the, the conversation and go, It's the wrong question. Is it far enough? You know, like and because, you know, sometimes people will talk about with great risk comes great reward. But the element of this is that this isn't about a reward. This is about taking a piece of art and taking a record that we believe people need to hear. Um, so that it does come up in conversation. We want people to talk about this record. We want people to have conversations because we had conversations with each other while we were creating it. And we did look at the other side a lot and all sides, you know what I mean? You you have to do that. You have to not be so removed from someone else's opinion. You have to let them speak and have their platform also. And in the same turn, they need to be respectful of you to let you say your piece And inside of that, I do think that we can survive as a society. I do think that we can get stronger. We're much stronger when we do things together than we are apart. But when you break it down, I think more than ever, we're so much more similar than we are um, against one another. It, it, It goes back to those, the powers that be like, what is your agenda? There always seems to be an agenda the agenda for human beings of all walks in life should be to flourish, to be respectful of our environment and the planet that we're on and the other you know life forces that we interact with, whether they're organisms, plants, animals. I mean, it's a known fact. We've only there's we haven't even searched through 80 percent of the ocean. You know, we don't even know what's going on down there. Space mm. is infinite, like it's, it's, it just goes on and on and on and on. You have a moment in time on this planet. You've been given a gift by being on this planet. We want people to stop um, having to deal with all of this stress that's a constant burden on everybody. You're going to need to have goals in life. You're going to need to fight through things to understand, you know, how to get to the other side and how to get stronger. But we just want to bring people back together. That's what we want more than anything with this record is we want an open dialogue so that we can create real positive change for everybody and everything on this planet.
3: I was diagnosed with a fear of getting too close. Had to tell the ones I love I was on the ropes. I'm not the only one been pulled apart. Spending one year and three months in the dark. So here we are all dressed to kill. Where should we go? Into the wild again to face the great unknown. And have the midnight conversations Not once but twice. You keep me free from falling. You saved my life. Make it all alright. And I don't feel like talking. You make sure I always see the daylight. I... It's amazing what the hard times can reveal Like who shows up, who walks away, and who's for real Get on.
0: Just to 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 end it off with uh, just one or two nerdy questions, studio wise, um, h- how long were you in there? How long did it take you? Were you doing a song a day, or
2: it wasn't necessarily like that? Um, it was spread out over the course of a year. When when it was all said and done, it, it took it took a year um, from the it beginning stages of the, the, the rock,
0: okay.
2: it took a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, once again, a lot of thought. A lot yes. of like and the other thing, too, is like Barry and Eric would be in there. But me and Zach were in South Carolina, too. But like Barry and Eric would be in the studio. Me and Zach might have been in the house working on something else on another song or working out yes. lyrics to something or working out another part. Then would we would go back into the studio together, listen through what Barry had done. If me and Zach had thoughts about things and a lot of times we did. And then sometimes Barry, I will say this about Barry, as far as the person that walked in and just annihilated everything, it was Barry. Barry was like very, very rehearsed. Like we were, you know, as we were doing these songs, as we were programming, because a lot of times what we'll do is this, Barry won't play the drums immediately when we're writing. We do everything in a drum machine, you know, or we'll put the drums together like in a computer. You know, and then Barry has access to all of those things with Eric and they'll study kind of how they want to do things and this and that and the other. And Barry then will take it. And, you know, it's a great thing about if we're not there with each other, he, you know, he'll just send him an MP3 of what they worked on. Barry will get it and Barry will practice it for days and weeks and then the more songs and then he'll change things and he'll do things differently or he'll send Eric back another thing like then Barry will actually play through on drums and he'll send Barry or he'll send Eric like like this. Eric will be like, yeah, but change this here, change this here. So by the time it was time for Barry to actually get to South Carolina, to the studio. Man, he was ready. He 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 he, he blew me away. He really did. I mean, I'm, I'm in a band with one of, in my opinion, probably one of the greatest rock and roll song drummers on the planet. And there's a difference between a drummer and a song drummer, Mm. a song drummer. Doesn't they play for the song, but the cool thing about this record is Barry's doing some cool shit on, on this record, you know, and he's not like being flashy for the sake of being flashy. There's reasons why he's doing certain things. Um, but man, you talk about somebody that really, really stepped up and like arrived and all we were doing, like when he would record, we were just looking at each other, just going like, let's have him do it again just to see if he can beat. But, if, but even if we just had this, holy crap, you know, and then we would just see how far he could push himself because he was already rehearsed. And then when he got in there, man, he just um, really inspiring. And, and everybody did a great job. Everybody did a great job. Um, but it was uh, it was a lengthy process. It was a lot of thought. You know, Eric guy didn't sleep for a year. I mean, it, it was every day, man. I mean, I, I think he was in, in all true in in all in all reality. I think he lived off of maybe three to four hours of sleep a night.
0: Yeah. And that's and I mean, he was in there
2: nonstop. It was wild
0: That's great <clears throat> Man, thanks for your time, Brent It's been great hey, talking man. to love you love
2: seeing both of you guys Darren, I'll see you soon Nicholas, I hope I see you sooner than later, my friend
1: Absolutely, absolutely Always a pleasure
3: We're sick and we're tired Our nerves are on fire We're constantly wired Yeah, it shows Perhaps we got spun out All our chances have run out could we drown in this drought? For sure. But underneath it all, your skin might start to crawl. And they know you can't look away. So focus on the screen and kill your self-esteem. Yeah, it's a small price to pay. Goodbye, so long, see you later, Good night. Did you get what you wanted? is this what you wanted so long we hope you enjoyed the ride did you get what you wanted is this what you wanted we don't need supervision we don't want your religion too many cooks in the kitchen and now we know you don't know what you're doing you don't care who you ruin just keep the fantasy moving it's a hell of a show Subscribe